What do we talk about when we talk about Palestine? It's a tough question to ask and many, many answers to give. That's why what you're listening to today is episode number nine in my not so many at this point, but mini podcast series on Palestine. And please, if this is your first episode that you're listening to on my podcast on Palestine, that's all fine. You really don't have to listen to these episodes chronologically, although it does help. And today, the topic I'm focusing on is something that honestly has been on my mind for a long time. And I was wondering whether to do a specific episode just on that. But it's such a big deal that, of course, of course I want to dedicate an episode just on that. And that topic is very precious. And that is the children. I did write an article over a year ago now that I published on my own website and got published, I'm very proud, on Mondawise as well. And it's on, uh, as I called it, Israel's war on the children of Gaza. Honestly, I only chose Gaza to make this article somehow manageable because there's so much to talk about. So the question of how the Israeli occupation, how its practices of ethnic cleansing, of apartheid, of settler colonialism, how is that all affecting the Palestinian children? Why we have to talk about this? Because the effects are multiple, they're manifold, and they're not good. You can guess that they are not good. And this year was the deadliest year in, I believe, 15 years to the Palestinian children in the West Bank, where we don't see bombings per se, but the kids are still dying. Or, to put it more correctly, the kids are still being killed by the Israeli forces. It's the deadliest year. There's no war, people say. Well, in that case, they might not know that there's a military occupation happening. There's no war, but the kids are being killed. What is that? So, in an episode that cannot, cannot include everything, all the ways how the occupation is affecting the Palestinian children, I will talk about several main ways that I think everyone should know about. And secretly, I think that everyone should care, but that's a big wish. So thank you for being here and let me begin. So the first way how a military occupation, how ethnic cleansing, how apartheid, how settler colonial policies, intentional state policies are affecting the Palestinian kids is a very obvious one and it's a very grotesque one as well and that is the killings. We have to talk about the Palestinian kids that get murdered by the Israeli forces. Kids that they don't live under a military occupation they, we could guess, probably wouldn't be killed by any state force. And this year, according to Save the Children, already, and this is, and I'm recording this in November, right, the end of November, 34 children got killed by the Israeli forces. Basically, kids being shot to death, sometimes to the chest, as a couple of recent cases have indicated, as the Israeli army is conducting raids, in the West Bank, or 
We've seen cases where kids would throw stones at soldiers and get shot as well. So that is 34 kids reported in the West Bank. I believe we had one more kid shot recently between when this report was released and when I'm recording. And we have 16 kids in Gaza that were killed during the bombing that happened by Israel. We know the direction, who was, who was doing what to whom. In preemptive strikes, as Israel describes them. So 16 kids got murdered in those strikes. So over 50 kids, 51 to be precise, kids murdered by the Israeli forces this year. And it's difficult to compare that to anything, really. We don't have that many military occupations left in the world, which is good, obviously. But for example, we have now a revolution, an uprising in Iran. And we know that according to also independent media sources, what people have been reporting, right, 50 kids, 50 minors who have been killed by the Iranian forces so far, as I'm recording, might be more. It's horrible to say that the number might be increasing. So look at Iran, an oppressive regime. We hear about it, right? What it's doing to its own people, and that's always horrible. But that's unreported in the mainstream media in Palestine, let's not forget. And I invite you to ask yourselves, depending on where you live, of course, makes a difference. If you found out that your government forces killed 50 or more children this year, what would you think? You'd probably ask that, how, like what, what happened? Was there some neglect in the building that collapsed? Like how, how do government forces kill 50 kids? The answer is certain regimes do, usually the ones that operate with complete impunity. And we know that that's the case with Israel as well. The second major way how the Palestinian kids are affected negatively, yes, by the military occupation, by all the dehumanizing and inhumane, we can say that Israeli policies, is detentions. And for that, I don't often read a passage on my podcast, but I think this is a good, sadly, a good opportunity to do so. And I'm using Defense for Children International Palestine, an organization I really like, and I support them, and I, I use them very often as my resource. And they report, Israel has the dubious distinction of being the only country in the world that automatically and systematically prosecutes children in military courts. Each year, between 500 and 700 Palestinian children are tried in these courts, which, in practice and by design, deny fundamental fair trial rights and due process protections. From the moment Palestinian children come into contact with Israeli soldiers, their very basic human rights are denied. The majority of Palestinian children report being blindfolded, strip-searched, and subjected to physical violence at the hands of Israeli forces. Most Palestinian children are not informed of the reasons for their arrest, and over half are forced to sign documents in Hebrew, a language they cannot read or understand. So you have a systematic detention of children, of minors, during military raids, during, I guess, any time of the day, soldiers can come to your house, the Israeli soldiers, and arrest a child. 
who can do what to Israel once again, complete impunity. So children being kept in jails in these conditions, what justice can a Palestinian kid expect in the courts of the occupier? If your crime is to throw a stone against an occupying army that is occupying your land illegally, but this is the authority of the land, that illegal army that is there. And that is your trial by that illegal army. What's, what's the concept of justice here? And this is what the Palestinian children live under, under the system. And we know one case of Ahmed Manasra, who is a kid who's becoming, in, in the most horrible ways possible, like an icon in a way of detained kids. And this is not a good language to use, understand, who over seven years ago now was beaten. His cousin was killed. He was beaten by Israeli forces. He was taken to jail and he's kept there since he was 13. Now he's over 20 in the jail of the occupier, spending a lot of his time in solitary confinement. And we know that solitary confinement, the conditions, what, like what it does to anyone. And imagine what it does to a child. It's deemed by various institutions, various organizations to amount to torture. We know that the life of this kid is ruined. We know that. But the question is, can this child still be released? And it's a gruesome case of how, if the kid is not shot, not killed by the Israeli forces, what a horrible, heartbreaking alternative that life can be for a Palestinian kid in Palestine. And the third way how everything that Israel does, we can say, can affect and does affect Palestinian kids are all the other practices we can say. If your house is being demolished and you become homeless or have to find a place to live, that affects you, right? At a young age, it must affect you. Or if a school, if your school is being demolished, and we saw that just, I believe, a week ago in Masafariyata, uh, one of the areas where various demolitions are happening, uh, people are being ethnically cleansed because they're of the wrong ethnicity, they're of the wrong religion, to be more precise. A whole school, a small school, but the whole school was demolished. Talking about just having a place to live and attending schools, I've mentioned the West Bank, but in Gaza, it's obviously even worse because every time Israel bombs Gaza and then Gaza is still under the siege, it's very difficult or almost impossible for Gaza to actually get construction materials in or get anything in that would allow it to rebuild somehow. And then we know obviously that Gaza lacks drinkable water because water resources are controlled by Israel. It doesn't reach Gaza. It barely reaches the West Bank or the Palestinians living in the West Bank while the settlers get the water. So there are various, various structural ways how lives of children are affected by the whole system that dehumanizes them, sees them as less than, and I'm not sure if even sees them as children because surely all the policies in place are not there to protect them, are not there to provide any kind of future opportunities for them. And definitely no justice. I know that this episode is an oversimplification, 
because once again, it's very difficult to identify all the ways, all the negative impacts that the Palestinian children have to suffer, the impacts of policies, intentional, intentionally designed policies that are not unintended consequences of what the Israeli government is doing. These are the policies, right? That is the system. Kids are in jails not unintentionally. Houses are demolished not without anyone knowing. Checkpoints obstruct people's freedom of movement not because no one thought about it. It is all systematic, it is all intentional, and it will continue if we, if our governments, or if we as a civil society don't do anything. I've talked to my two previous episodes on the topics of erasure, of the Palestinian people, what policies of the Israeli state result in that, how the mainstream media plays a role, and on the topic of impunity, which surrounds everything, everything Israel does, including everything I've talked about today. I will remind you there is so much of that impunity that, well, now several years ago, in one of Israel's operations, over 500 children were killed. And if a country, if a regime, if you will, can do that in a matter of some weeks and literally nothing changes, this, this is what the Palestinian children are facing. This is the brutality. This is the dehumanization. This is the abuse. And the whole new generation is growing under that. What do we talk about when we talk about Palestine? It's very important when we're answering this question to understand all the layers, what Israel is doing, what its government is doing, and what the people are supporting, what that abuse is, where we see it, how it works, how it functions. And knowing all this, I hope that you speak out very clearly that we are so not okay with what is being done to the Palestinian children or children anywhere but especially in Palestine. So thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for caring, and I'll see you soon.